0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. When you get a chance, check out the video that I posted right before this one. I discuss my books, give a bit of a summary and a little bit of uh, historical influences and inspirations behind some of my writings. When you get an opportunity, check it out. You can also check out my books, my merchandise, all that Um, also when you get an opportunity, check out the, the, uh, show that I did on my channel, uh, with Kent Hovind, Amy Newman, and, uh, quite a few others showed up logical, plausible, probable. He he was real cool. Adam lower, many, many others, too many to list folks. It went on for 11 hours. I've decided that I'm not going to do a show this week, but my friend, TTOR, who is my co-host, he will be doing a show on Thursday on this channel, and the link will be put out publicly, so everybody can go in and talk with him. Be nice, be nice to my buddy, TTOR, he's a good guy. He's also got his own YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe to that, and so on. So I figured before I go on a little bit of a hiatus, a break, it's going to be a short break, I will return. I just need to chill out, and I'm also trying to get money together in order to be able to, um... by the way folks, I found out my air conditioner's not broke. We gotta reset some Freon, and that cost hundreds of dollars. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to get that money. Of course, if people want to support and they want to do donations, that would help, but there's no obligations. If you can't help, I'll figure something out. So, let's talk about what the title of this video is about. Evil. Evil. So, as many of you know, I've only been a theist, and then finally labeled myself a Christian. That still makes me a theist, though, technically, because a theist is someone who believes in God. Because I was an atheist for so many years... It wasn't so easy for me to turn the switch off on my wiring and my thought process when becoming a believer in God. Being that I accepted Jesus Christ, I accepted that he died on the cross for my sins, resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the Father. This caused me um, some issues because there's a lot of passages in the Bible that are not confusing for me, but they're extremely dark. They're hardcore. They're the same passages that you hear a lot of atheists uh, question, and I personally believe that the questions that they have are valid. I believe that asking, why did God create evil, like in Isaiah 45, 7, it says, I form the light and the darkness, I create peace and evil, I, the Lord, do all these things. If you look in Exodus 4:11. It says, Who makes man's mouth? Who makes the blind, deaf, and dumb? Is it not I, the Lord? The Bible has God claiming and taking credit for everything that is good and that is bad. He even says that all things that happen in this world, including your death and your suffering and the trauma that you go through, is due to his will. It says, Jesus himself says that a sparrow will not fall dead without God willing it. If you read the book of Revelations, it says that God holds the key to the door of life and death. Um, Basically, when you die, he knows when your time is up. He knows you whenever you're in the womb, and he knows the choices that you're going to make as a natural man while you exist on the planet. I have argued with myself repeatedly, and I have read many books, and I've listened to many theists trying to contemplate, should I believe that God... Is predestinating everything, is it all predestined, like the Calvinist claim? Or is there room and parameter for free will, which I hold to a view of compatibilist, but I have to agree that when you really whittle it down, when you really philosophically try to get down uh, and work out what God's attributes are doing and what the Bible's claiming— the Calvinists seem like they're, whenever it comes to predestination, they're they're on to something. They've got something on the Bible whenever it comes to this. I have a hard time figuring out my way around this. And unfortunately, because of that, and because of some of the dark passages in the Bible, it doesn't take away my belief in God, but it changes how I look at God, if that makes sense. It doesn't, like, make me have doubts or make me go oh, I just can't believe in this God. It just makes me question his very nature. And I did a couple of videos in the past where I dabbled around with a theological view called Maltheism, which a lot of people, like praise I am, I appreciate it. He's made videos answering a lot of the questions that I have difficulty with. Some Christians, they got offended and they went off on me. Instead of just realizing that I'm new at this and I'm just trying to understand and find my way, uh, instead of being a good teacher, they decided to brutalize me and call me the Antichrist or some damn devil worshiper or that I was believing the wrong false doctrine. And they basically set me on fire and threw me in the fucking trash. But there's Christians like Praise I Am and a few others like Veckel who understand I'm trying to... Um, get a better concept, and really conceptualize what it is that God's about. Well, there is a conclusion I ended up coming to whenever it comes to the concept of evil. I decided to put Maltheism aside, because I think the praise I am answered a lot of the tough questions, not all of them, but he put forth the effort as well as a few others, But there's one thing that I've noticed that atheists as well as religious people seem to agree on that we all find common ground on, and it's the belief that there's terrible, awful, horrible things um, that are evil in nature that happens in this world. I've heard atheists countless times say, if there's a loving God, then why doesn't he do something about the evil that happens in this world? Now, as many of you know, a lot of atheists and religious people, we argue about something called objective morality. And what this means is, the word objective means, in order to know that something is true, whether you have an opinion on it or not. Like if I were to say it is objectively true that the universe exists, we all know that that is true. And whether we all died tomorrow, the universe would continue on to exist. It would continue to be a true thing, as where a subjective opinion is nothing more than that. It's like you looking at snow and saying, ah, I love snow, it's so beautiful, I love how white it is, and how, you know, shiny, Ooh, where other people would be like, oh, shit, it's snowed. this sucks, now how am I supposed to get to work, how am I supposed to get to school? Things like that. That's the difference between subjective and objective. Now, the reason why I've outlined this for you, because there seems to be a lot of confusion for people out there, and it correlates with my concept of evil. See, if atheists as well as religious people both agree that there is an evil that exists in this world, if you agree that there are terrible things that can happen that you could Defined by the dictionary as evil as well as biblically, then to me that is proof of God. That proves without a doubt that God exists. Because there can only be objective evil in the world if there is some kind of objective creator of reality that has designated this. And the Bible, God is not, how shall I say, hesitant, nor is he shy about saying, hey, I'm a God who loves you. In fact, I represent the very components and elements of love. But I'm also very capable of drawing a line where if you cross the line, I'll destroy you. I'll tear you apart. I'll feed you to the animals. I will have men come in and slay men, women, and children. This is what the Bible says. I didn't write this stuff. And a lot of atheists, including religious people, who've actually taken the time to read the Bible, yeah, folks, there are Christians out there who've never actually read the Bible cover to cover. They only know what they've seen on a Disney movie or what they've seen or heard when they were a child in Sunday school. And as far as going to church, some of them don't even go. And if they do go, they usually use it for their time to rest and sleep. They're not actually listening or maybe they do listen, but their preacher's tickling their ears and not telling them about all this other really hardcore stuff that's in the Bible. But because the concept of God and philosophy and consciousness and what is going on with our very existence and meaning and purpose is so important and relevant to me as a person, I felt like if this is a book that was given to us by God, then should we not sit down and actually read it? Should we not care enough to actually look at it and read it from cover to cover? Whether you're going to disagree with the book, try to refute the book, believe in what the book says, you should at least give it the common courtesy and respect of reading it cover to cover before you make the decision of stating, No, I don't believe in this or I do believe in it. And unfortunately, a lot of atheists, as well as religious people, have been dishonest with themselves. They haven't read it, so they don't know about some of the hardcore material that's in there. And the ones who do bring up hardcore stuff that hasn't actually read the Bible, this means that they probably watched another atheist who actually did read a little bit more, got more involved than they did. Or they went to a website called IHatetheBible.com, and here's why. So, The point of it is why I'm bringing all this up is because as long as you accept that there is objective evil in the world, objective suffering, objective pain, these are all things that God already said that he participated in, or at least as a part of. So if you accept that, then you also have to accept the very contrast of what that means. If you say there's objective evil, then by necessity as well as logic, there has to be objective good. You can't claim something is objectively evil unless you have the very opposite of it to be able to make a comparison to. There's got to be two sides of the spectrums. That's the way it is with everything, ladies and gentlemen. So for me, by going into these arguments, these emotional arguments about how cruel and mean God is or how awful he is or how lazy he is or incompetent or whatever the atheist wants to accuse God of being or even some religious people, whenever you're having a bad damn day, you could be just as nasty as an atheist in social media You're basically declaring that you believe this is the world God created because this is God created evil. God created misery and suffering, but he also created the love and the joy, and he gave you the parts to be able to enjoy an orgasm. Every good feeling, every amount of love that you've ever experienced, every great thing that has ever happened to you, it is because of the will of God. But at the same time, every time you trip, every time something goes wrong, this is also the will of God too. And sometimes when bad things happen to you, it's not because God wants to beat you up or hurt you. Sometimes there's a lesson to be learned. Sometimes God doesn't give you what you want because he has bigger plans for you down the road. Perhaps God realizes that if you take a certain road... That you think is good for you, he knows the end and outcome of what may happen to you. Like if you got what you wanted, maybe you would only live for five years and then you would die from something while driving to that specific job. Or you might get robbed. Your business might get robbed and you might get shot in the process. God knows this and thinks it would be better if you just simply went down another hallway and picked a different door. God's perspective is not like ours. When we look forward, we see one single hallway and we feel like our lives are just simply moving forward. But God sees objective reality and objective truth and all different things. He can see a hundred thousand different hallways with millions of different doors going on forever for an infinite amount of time. So he will know which direction is best for you. It's kind of like that Picture you always see in your grandmother's bathroom, footprints in the sand. The man's constantly asking, Where are you, God? I've been walking alone. I'm going through all these struggles. Where are you? And then the man says to God, Where have you been? There's only one set of footprints in the sand. And God says, Those are my footprints. I've been carrying you the whole time. So for me, I was watching a movie a while back called Jacob's Ladder, where a man was struggling. He'd gotten out of Vietnam. The government had drugged up a bunch of Marines, a bunch of soldiers. And he's at a chiropractor getting worked on. And he continues to have night terrors. He continues to have nightmares about evil, terrible, scary things. And he tells the chiropractor, whom apparently he's friends with, because he's talking to him about some pretty deep philosophical issues. He says... I keep seeing demons. I keep seeing monsters. I keep feeling like I'm surrounded by darkness. And the chiropractor says to him that if you're looking for evil and you're looking for darkness and you're looking for demons, Jacob, you're going to find them. Hmm. But if you change your perspective and you look for angels and light at the end of the tunnel and you look for peace and good, you'll find it too. Every one of you in this world, you're going to end up finding what it is that you're looking for. If you're looking for evil and chaos and disorder, if you're looking for entropy, you're going to find it. If you're truly, genuinely looking for light and good, you'll find it too. You can sit with me in my shows one of these days, and you can list off all the terrible, horrible things that happened in this world. You can tell me about every evil thing that you've ever read that God was credited with in the Bible. You can tell me about all the men who did this and that under the name of God, and you can tell me how evil it is and how terrible it is and why didn't God do this or why didn't God do that. But at the end of the day, when I'm listening to you, I, I'm just hearing more and more proof of God. I'm hearing that this world, in order for evil to exist, then we have to believe what the New Testament tells us, that the devil is the God of this world, and that there is a supreme deity out there who wants a different plan for us. And he's willing to give it to you for free. All you have to do is accept it. Or you can accept the god of this dark creation, this corruption, the devil, the prince of lies. Have you even been able to tell the truth to yourself about who you are? Do you even know who you are? I notice there's a lot of people in the world nowadays. In our modern time, they don't even know what gender they are. They don't know who they are as a person. They don't even know what they should believe. They don't know what they should think. They don't know if anybody loves them. They don't know if they should even be alive. But I can tell you this, besides there being objective evil and good, there's also objective love. There is objective goodness. And there is an objective light. And we all know deep down inside what direction we have to go in order to find any of the things that we want. Perhaps this objective evil that we all seem to find ourselves dealing with when we feel like we're drowning or whatever, perhaps a lot of that can be suppressed or pushed down to where life is more manageable if we accept who we are, what our role in the world is, and who our true father is all right ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed the video make sure you check out the amy newman kenthoven debate on my channel it's also on kenthoven's channel also make sure you check out the video right before this where i talk about my books let me know what you think i'm gonna take a break now folks i need some rest this heat's been really draining me it makes me sick god bless We hope that you've been enjoying God TV Radio, hosted by Brett Keen. When you get an opportunity, check out our public radio station. Check out our books, music, and art. You can also buy t-shirts if you would like to support us. If you don't want a t-shirt, you don't want books, you don't want music, well, you could always do a one-time donation through PayPal. Any support is appreciated. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. I've had some people who ask me if I would do a video where I give the summary of what my book is about. Some of you out there may not realize this, but I've actually written quite a few different books. Whenever I was a young person, a teenager, living in foster homes... I uh, wrote an entire trilogy called Eternal Undying Love. Unfortunately, because I was very poor, I couldn't afford professional editors and publications and all that. And I had never really thought that a lot of the older material was gonna go anywhere in the first place. I uh, had a pretty low self-esteem whenever I was a teenager and I didn't think anyone would appreciate my work. And besides, I didn't write it in normal book format anyway. I had kind of put together some characters that have a lot of personality traits as myself and kind of used it to construct like a diary type of thing, a journal, uh, to express my feelings with tragedy I was dealing with and some of the aggravations that we all deal with in life. I called the uh, book eternal undying love and then there would be a second one called the second coming eternal undying love and then the third would be the serpent's cradle now whenever they were originally written they were written down in notepad i had wrote it all down i didn't type it down because i didn't even have a computer at the time and it probably even if i would have had a computer i probably would have been uh Worried about it getting busted by other people that lived at the foster care. It was bad times for Brett Keene back in those days. It was tough growing up, going through some of the things I did. Well, what eventually ended up happening was my books were put into a, like a suitcase. And uh, later after I met my wife, I had completely even forgotten that those notepads were even around. I had a big pile of them three books worth, and uh, the books went from being like a journal to more of an underworld type of setting. I don't know if some of you have ever even seen the movie Underworld, <clears throat> but it became a basically a normal guy struggle, high school problems, and then it eventually made its way into some of the weird, confused religious beliefs I had back then. Satan would show up in the book. God would show up. Angels. There would be a big fight between werewolves, vampires, angels. Every supernatural character I could come up with in my imagination, as well as those which I believe are actually true and have actually existed or still exist today. I know some people are going to be like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, I had always thought it would be cool to have a movie done about eternal undying love, but basically the story goes like this. My wife was cleaning out a closet. She found the suitcase, she found the notepads, and she went through reading it, and some of her friends ended up reading it, and they thought the stuff was so good, the material, even though there was a lot of scribbles and chicken scratch. Uh, My wife decided, as well as some of my friends, to type it up, and then we would try to get it published. Now, this is damn near impossible. You would think that it would be a lot easier to do this, but it's not. It's not easy to get published, unless you were somebody big or you know the right people. There's literally thousands and thousands of writers out there that exist today who sent their stuff in, and it ends up in the waste basket, or they don't even get the common courtesy of a callback. So we ended up going through self-publication, basically independent publishing, where you put your own writings out there, you have to take care of your own artwork, you have to take care of your own, you know, equipment, and then you sell it out there. Now, I never denied the fact that I was an amateur whenever I started. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even write it in a normal book format that people would be accustomed to. And at the time, I wasn't really great at my grammar either. I didn't break paragraphs apart like I was supposed to. I didn't put commas where they needed to go. And my wife wasn't much better at that kind of thing. And she was the one, unfortunately, having to do the the editing, as well as some of my buddies out there. Well, we put the book out, and anyone that wants to look into that, you can. Right now, I'm actually going through an editing process where I'm cleaning up the original old material, but after years of, after writing Eternal Undying Love and also writing some other books out there, I got the idea of going back into another kind of horror uh genre and fantasy but also mixed with uh kind of detective and science fiction type of content that's where i i came up with uh afterlife simulation and that's the one that a lot of people keep on asking me about i've uh, noticed on amazon there's a lot of people who have been buying that book but they don't feel like the description or the summary gives them a real handle or idea of what the book is about which is why I'm here to describe it today. So, believe it or not, Atheist gave me a lot of inspiration on this book. You see, I was, during this time, I called myself an atheist historian, and I looked into a lot of um, things that atheists and scientists were involved in historically and in the past. And there was this thing I came across where it said that Nazis, as well as Stalin, uh, were doing experiments. And one of their experiments was called the Z. Stalin was convinced that if you genetically spliced or manipulated the genes of a chimpanzee or a monkey, ape, or any kind of creature that's in the primate family that he would be able to construct with human DNA, as well as believing that because it's a common ancestor, that he would be able to make super soldiers out of humans by genetically editing their genes in, and also vice versa. <clears throat> so my book goes on to tell you about these creatures that are called humanes, who find themselves experimented on, they're created, and of course the rest of the world doesn't know anything about them, and the entire point of their existence is to be bred for war against America. The Nazis and Stalin are doing this, and they're going to use these experiments to try to hurt America and all the countries that oppose them. Well, they build an extremely uh, brutal creature that It's supposed to be great in the war field, basically a a straight-up warmonger that has wolf blood in it, as well as all kinds of other genes spliced into it, taking upon the traits of the different creatures and animals. I know what some people are going to say, but Brett, you're always questioning evolution. Sure I do. Sure I do. But it's a fictional novel, right? And you can you can have fun with science, and you can have fun with religious aspects, and really create some very inspiring stories based upon actual facts and evidence that happened in history. Sorry, folks, I was drinking soda earlier, so I got the uh, burps going on there, sorry about that. So... We've got the humanities, we've got these experimental creatures, and obviously, as most people know historically, Stalin ended up losing the war. Hitler lost the war. So therefore, after all the devastation and destruction, the scientists were basically in hiding. A lot of them were killed, either by Hitler and the Nazis themselves, or they were hit by you know, frags and debris and whatever destruction happened whenever war is going on. This basically opens up the base that these humanities live in, and they ended up going out into the world. Now, some of you out there are probably wondering, well, what is the religious aspect of it? In the summary, it mentions a lot of religious aspects. That's the science part of it, about these humanities cutting loose. Well, What happens is, in the story, the religious aspect is is that the Nazis decided to use a couple Catholic priests. All of them died except for one. They used the genetics of a human in order to be able to... The idea was to splice these genes together of a priest, a human priest, and then put the materials into uh, a woman not VI sex, but through genetic editing, causing the birth of a child that would have the animal traits as well as that, which would create uh, a humanzy. Okay, so what we have here is we have a priest who, even though he wasn't endorsing or supporting the experiments... This man of God felt it was his responsibility and his obligation to take care of one of the young ones, one of the children of Humanses, the wolf-like creature, the creature that was very human-looking, but if it raged out, it would take upon the uh, components of that of the creature. And that creature's name is Isaac, and then the priest's name was Abraham Very biblical, right? Very biblical. The Father and the Son and the Sacrifice kind of concept. All right, so we've got a priest who's trying to get out of the country with a humanzy. Nobody knows about these creatures. Obvious, if they were witnessed or observed by a humanity, they would probably be hunted and killed, because that's what humans do when they fear things. When they fear the unknown, they try to destroy it, or they try to refute it, or basically make it to where it never even existed. So these creatures are trying to get accepted in society, and some of them realize that it'll never happen, so they stay hidden. And the priest continues to take care of what he believes to be a son because it shares his genes. The story also has a human element to it as well, besides this human priest, who is having a big dilemma between how he views God and if he he wonders if his own son even has a soul or not. He wonders to himself, are these creatures an abomination or are they a gift from God type of thing? The story with the human element is, it goes on to telling you about a mother and her daughter. They're... um, The woman's name is Grace. She's lost her daughter, not her daughter, but her husband. And these two people are basically dealing with a tragedy and a loss. The daughter's very alone. She's very introverted. She has a hard time fitting in with kids her age or anybody for that matter. And she ends up meeting with one of these humansies and decides to take upon it as a friend. But the whole time you're given the idea that this humanity could be dangerous because sometimes it can't control itself. It can't control its own traits once it kind of angers up or it gets rageful, kind of incredible hawk-like, I guess, if I had to give a silly example. And um, basically one of the other things that is very nerve-wracking about the story is that The daughter and the woman, the mother, are convinced that although Isaac seems friendly to them, they keep hearing reports on the news about serial killings that are going down, destruction and death. Remember, the humanity was originally bred for war by the Nazis and the Stalinists. So they're in a dilemma. Do they want to continue to be friends with this thing? Does it pose a danger to them? Should they continue to care for it, it's done nothing wrong back to them. While all this is going around, the priest has finally made his way over into the country with the humanities that he's got with them, and he's trying to locate all of them and where they went. He doesn't want them exposed. Well... I'll be honest with you folks, if I give you too much more of the story, I'm going to blow it for you. I'd spoil it. But let's just say it's really neat. Um, The people who have read it so far, they've been really good about messaging me and sending comments and things like that and saying, Brett, this is really, really special. This is a very interesting story, the way it all plays out. Apparently, there's a lot of people who identify with these Humanities, as well as these people, the human element, who've had a lot of loss and tragedy in their life. And you're wondering, at some point in time, is it going to impact the world in a big way? But it's um, very emotional, very involved. Um, a lot of, uh, one thing that's very important to me whenever I write a book or a story is that I want to make sure that my characters have huge buildups. I want to make sure that whenever you're reading about them and you're listening to them, that you actually feel as though they're real. And I also wanted to make sure, because I know whenever I was a kid and I was writing books, a lot of the stuff was extremely unrealistic. A lot of stuff you wouldn't believe possible. It was extremely super fantasy. But this is more science fiction and I tried to be as realistic as possible and only write things that you believe could possibly happen. And that's what makes it terrifying. That's what makes it scary is because the more you read the book, the more you realize that something like this could actually be going on for real or could actually happen in the future. So, yeah. So I hope that that's an in-depth enough summary of it without blowing the book or the whole story about it. Yeah, Atheist actually inspired me on that one. Since then, I've been working on a sequel. It's really awesome. There's going to be kind of a uh, concept of time-shifting in the story, and also uh, there is going to be kind of an element of Are there life forms from other worlds or parts of the universe or dimensions that actually interact with humanity that gets mixed into it? Some of you out there might be wondering yourself, why is it called the simulation, though? Why is it afterlife simulation? Because the humanities actually create a uh, machine that is capable of putting your consciousness into a digitized computer. ...or at least servers. I don't want to go any further than that on it... ...but basically a simulation... ...the idea that your consciousness could continue to exist... ...beyond your physical body... ...in a digital realm. Afterlife simulation. Get it? Right. Well, tell me what you think, folks. Um, besides doing fantasy... ...sci-fi... ...science fiction... all that, I also wrote another book, but I'm not ready to release it yet, it's my autobiography, it's a book about my life, all the way from childhood to now, about some of the experiences, obviously my entire existence, my regrets, my failures, my victories, everything that you can think of, my reasons for changing my belief and idea, how I've dealt with obstacles in my life, It's about 500 pages. The only reason I haven't released it yet, it's up there, it's scheduled, but I don't want to release it while my family, I guess, is still around because there's a lot of negative things about people that I care about that they had done to me in the past. And a lot of that's worked out now, or those people I had problems with are either dead, And I don't want to get into fights with my family or some of my old friends over some of the things that I wrote in the book. So I've been kind of holding back and hesitating because I wanted the book to be honest, the autobiography. I wanted people to feel as though they were hearing about the real me, not some kind of made up shit, not where somebody just comes in, you pay them to write your story of your life. And then they make you out to look like a superhero or anything because I'm not a superhero. I got a lot of negative problems and I got a lot of positive things about me. I've got a good personality, but I've also got a dark side. And I wanted to make sure that I explored all of that in the book. And it was very therapeutic. So how about you folks out there? Do you write? Do you do art? Do you paint? Do you do music? Tell me about yourself. God bless. We hope that you've been enjoying God TV Radio, hosted by Brett Keen. When you get an opportunity, check out our public radio station. Check out our books, music, and art. You can also buy t-shirts if you would like to support us. If you don't want a t-shirt, you don't want books, you don't want music, well, you could always do a one-time donation through PayPal. Any support is appreciated. God bless.